The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. What will cause the Holy Spirit to withdraw from you? Obviously, the answer at the surface is known sin. If you're walking in rebellion against God, if you're walking casually in front of the Lord God of heaven and you are walking in sin, you're committing fornication, you're going into pornography, you're angry and bitter, 
hostile. You're selfish. You are involved in fights and disputes. All of these will cause the Holy Spirit to depart from you. But there is a much more subtle way that you can cause the Holy Spirit to depart from you. And that is by fighting with the devil's weapons. When you when you answer back to your desert time with the devil's weapons, you will grieve the Holy Spirit from you. Let me be more clear. There are weapons the devil uses and we pick up as Christians and use also. And when we do, we lose. Let me identify what some of those weapons are that are so dangerous for us. When we face the desert journey and we face that desert journey and finally say, I'm tired of this. I am going to take the power of the resurrection of Jesus and I am now going to demand to be delivered. And I'm going to rise up in the power of the resurrection of Jesus and I'm going to leave this desert journey. Through positive affirmation, through the power that you can grab off of the table of God, and you now are in charge, and you deliver yourself, you have grieved the Holy Spirit from you. We cannot use worldly methods when we are assailed by the fighting forces of the devil in the wilderness. We cannot fight discouragement and despair and unbelief by positive affirmation, by saying, I'm now going to rise up and I'm going to deliver myself now from this. Do not use worldly methods when the world assails you. You want to be, as I want, to be a channel through which God can work and rule in this world. If you do not allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, his plans will be frustrated, his purposes will be thwarted, So, my dear fellow Christian, you need to make your consecration to Jesus so deep and so sincere that he will fill you with an overflowing of love and tenderness, meekness and humility with faith. Let your prayer be, O God, Forbid that I should ever yield myself to the influence of the devil, but make my body become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, when the world comes at you with criticism or judgments, when you come at yourself with criticism and judgment and condemnation, turn the other cheek. When they hit you, you will say, I praise Jesus. When they revile you, when you revile yourself, when you turn to Jesus, you will rejoice. And when you are persecuted, you will glory in his name. And you will remember that wonderful statement of the master, blessed are ye when men revile you and persecute you, 
and which say all manner of evil against you falsely for you for my sake rejoice be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted the prophets which went before you the joy of the lord is your strength now i want to go to a couple scriptures to help understand what i've just said to you now we're going to come back and we're going to look carefully once more at john 17 for that is the foundation of the work that we have been doing but in preparation for going to john 17 go with me to psalm 84 psalm 84 let me begin just by reading a portion of this psalm how lovely is your dwelling place o lord almighty my soul yearns even faints for the courts of the lord my heart and my flesh cry out for the living god even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young a place near your altar o lord almighty my king and my god blessed are those who dwell in your house they are ever praising you blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their hearts on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of baca they make it a place of springs the autumn rains also cover it with pools they go from strength to strength till each appears before god in zion hear my prayer o lord god almighty listen to me o god of jacob look upon our shield o god look with favor on your anointed one let's go back now and actually look at this statement i said yesterday that every honest christian every sincere christian will be led into the desert and in the desert they will be tested and tried even as jesus was for 40 days the lord god of heaven said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased the holy spirit comes down upon him and he is led into the wilderness for 40 days this is a universal experience for all serious followers of jesus christ now we're looking at what happens in psalm 84 verse 5 blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their hearts on pilgrimage i have set my heart on pilgrimage i am a stranger and an alien in this land my home is heaven i am on my way i am on a pilgrimage to that heavenly land and i find myself in the midst of the desert it says as they pass through the valley of baca it does not say if perchance they go through the valley of baca no it says you will go through the valley of baca what is the valley of baca what does that mean baca means weeping as they pass through the valley of weeping as they pass through the valley of weeping when the lord leads you into the wilderness you will weep before him and then it says they make it a place of springs in other words through the weeping comes the power of god and he sends the rains the autumn rains the autumn rains 
Now this is significant. It does not say spring rains. The growing season in Israel is from the autumn to the springtime. It's a desert country. Everything dries up during the summer. So the autumn rains come in order to prepare the soil for production. So in your walk, as you go into the desert, led by the Holy Spirit, and as you're in that desert place, you will weep. And in that desert place, as you fast and pray and read the scriptures, the day will come when God will initiate the autumn rain. He will prepare the ground of your heart and the ground around you to prepare it for the planting of the Lord, to produce what the Lord desires to produce in your life. Now I'm speaking foolishness to many of you because you have resisted with all of your might going into the desert and perhaps even you went into the desert but then you found quickly a way of escape through positive affirmation or through some other demonic power delivering yourself by your own pulling yourself up by the bootstraps saying okay I'm not going to go here anymore I'm going to find another way I'm going to light my own fire. I'm going to open the way for myself. God is not answering me. And so I'm going to go do it myself. Then the autumn rains will not come to you. It says they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Oh, I tell you today, I so desperately need the Lord. He has been hollowing me out, and I have resisted at times. But he's kept coming back, and he's kept bringing me deeper into that desert, deeper into that place of Baca, deeper. And I'm crying out now, Oh God, finish this work of hollowing your servant out. I lay my life down. I consecrate myself utterly, totally, and completely unto you, Jesus. I need the Lord. I need Jesus. I can't make it. I have struggled all of my life to be productive in the work of the gospel. And here and there, a person has come to Jesus. Their lives by grace have been transformed. They have become holy and they walk with Jesus. And I praise God for each one of these. But my harvest has been exceedingly small compared to the harvest he wants to bring. And I know now, now is a time when I'm just shut away except for this radio broadcast. I am shut away and I'm waiting before God with fasting and prayer, weeping, reading the scriptures, waiting on God. Some of you quickly and easily get tired of waiting on the Lord. How long is long enough to wait on the Lord? Until he comes with the autumn rain. Until he comes. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Isn't that what Jesus said? Oh, I'm not going to wait on Jesus. I'm going to I'm going to go do this and that and and I'm going to go enjoy this or that. I'm going to Really? There's an eternity to win and a hell to miss. And many who say in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not do great and wonderful things in your name? And he will say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. 
when we use the devil's strategies in the church. And today the devil's strategies have won in the American church. I spoke to one man who took his children and went to church on Easter Sunday at a, at a large Baptist church. They were blasted out by the music and the foolishness. There was no presence of God there. It was devoid of the presence of God. Why? Because they are using the devil's strategy, the devil's music. They are using the devil's work to do the work of God, and the Holy Spirit won't be a part of it. He leaves. Many churches, the pastor stands up. He opens his message, cracking a joke. He opens his message by showing a video clip of a movie. Holy Spirit's gone. The Holy Spirit leaves. And the church in America, for the most part, is filled with people who have never been to the desert. They rejected the desert journey. They rejected the fasting and praying and weeping before God. They said, great, I've received salvation. I'm on my way to heaven. It doesn't matter if I sin. I'm covered by God's grace. Holy Spirit has left them, and they are bare naked before a holy God. They're not dressed in white. They're not dressed in the the garments spoken of in Revelation. They have no defense So every kind of wickedness is flooding into America. Our cities are becoming hell holes. Large restaurants are now beginning to install boxes for safe disposal of needles of people who are shooting up even while they're at the restaurant. City streets littered with needles opiate crisis the drug crisis the homeless and the suicidal all of this is coming because the church has taken the devil's methods and have rejected the inward journey in the spirit and America is lying down in torture homosexuality, lesbianism, uncleanness, indecency. And the Holy Spirit has withdrawn from the American church. United Methodist pastors ordained as gay men. The fight is on for the life of the United Methodist Church in America. Probably a huge split is going to occur between those who want to be faithful to the call of Scripture to be holy and those who want to be like the world and use the world's methods. My brother, my sister, my strength is only in Jesus. I have no strength of my own. I have set my heart on pilgrimage, and I have landed in the valley of Baca. And I pray the American church will go on pilgrimage to find Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray the church in America will go to the valley of Baca and weep and repent before the mighty God of heaven. There's another passage I want you to look at. Look, this is very practical stuff. The book of Isaiah, chapter 50. I'm going to begin with verse 10. Isaiah 50, begin with verse 10. The question 
is ask, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Do you fear the Lord? Or have you bought into the cheap grace? Do you fear the Lord? Do you face eternity with trembling, with a lack of consecration to Jesus, with anger and bitterness on your lips, with cynicism in your heart, with coldness in your soul, with lukewarmness? Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? The servant is Jesus. The servant of the Lord was Jesus coming and dying on Calvary. He's saying, are you willing to obey the word of the Lord? Will you allow the word of the Lord to come to you? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Do you hear the rhema word of God spoken to you? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord. Now this is not the darkness of sin. This is the darkness of the desert. This is where we fear we may die, where we are deeply wounded by our experience in the world and we are deeply wounded by what we see in our own hearts and we walk in the dark we have no light we don't know which way to turn we don't know what to do we're totally frustrated what do I do where do I turn what's the next step for me He says, trust in the name of the Lord. Rely on his God. So he's saying, if, you, if you're in the desert today, don't try to escape using the devil's way. Don't try to escape through human ability and human understanding and human wisdom. Wait on the Lord. Trust, trust in the name of the Lord. Rely on your God. But now, verse 11. But now all you who light fires. In other words, you're in the dark. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what to do. So go choose to light your own fire. Create light for yourself. Go explore the options. Make choices to escape all of you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches. In other words, you turn on your own flashlight. You're sick and tired of this situation. I'm going to go get a job I enjoy. I'm sick and tired of this situation. I'm going to deliver myself. God helps those who help themselves. No, he doesn't. Those who help themselves, he lets continue to help themselves and he's gone, the Holy Spirit withdraws because there's not an adequate consecration and there's not an understanding of the depth of darkness that resides in your soul. But now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go, walk in the light of your fire, And this is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. The Lord is saying that if you try to escape the desert by your own means, if you try to escape that situation that is so utterly miserable for you, and you have been on your face, and you've been praying, and you've been crying out to the Lord, and the Lord has not answered, now I'm going to go and deliver myself. If God can't do it, I can. So you're going to light your own fire. You're going to light 
turn the light on for yourself so you can see where the best place is to go. You're going to say, it wasn't God's word that brought me here. God didn't say to come here. How many times I've heard people, the Lord said, and I have obeyed. And then when it gets miserable, and it doesn't look like it's working, oh, that wasn't God. Well, if you're the judge, when it doesn't go your way, and you say, well, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm going to go do my own deal. (laughs) I'm called to ministry. I'm called to do this and this and this. But it doesn't work the way I thought it would, and it doesn't please me. Okay, I'm gone. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get, I'm going to support myself. I'm going to take care of me. That's using the devil's methods. Positive affirmations. Human strategies. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. That's Isaiah 50, verses 10 and 11. Now, let's be clear today. This is a matter of consecration to Jesus. It is a matter of your surrender to the will of God and you do not have the ability or the power to walk out of the desert on your own two feet. The children of Israel were so deep into that wilderness all but two of them died in that wilderness because they would not believe the word of the Lord. They would not wait upon the Lord. They would not act on the Lord's command. He came and tried to deliver them into Cana land, but they said the Amalekites, the the Hittites, they're too big for us. Let's go back to Egypt. They forgot there was a Red Sea they had to cross and they couldn't open the Red Sea. All of them died in the desert and not quickly. They wandered year after year after year in the desert. I come today and I read John 15. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So no matter what you do, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are going to be cut. You're either going to be pruned until all of the foliage is gone from your life, and he has done that to me. All of the foliage of my life is gone. I don't look very pretty right now. I look like a total failure. And you know what? I rejoice in my utter failure. And I wait upon Jesus. I wait for that rain to fall. I wait upon the Lord. For I know that the only way I can bear fruit is if I remain in Jesus. I cannot remain in my strategies. I cannot remain in the methods and ways of the world. So right now, my days are spent in prayer and scripture except for this radio broadcast. I get up early in the morning. I go to bed late at night. And my day is filled with the presence of the Lord. As I eagerly ask him to utterly prune me, to cut off everything that is not of him, 
all self-designing strategies. I'm done with them. I want Jesus. I need Jesus. He is the vine. I must be properly grafted in in every aspect of my life that the sap the living power of Jesus by the Holy Spirit can flow through my life and so I embrace I rejoice in the wilderness pruning that he is doing in my heart and my life and some of you have escaped the pruning. Some of you have gotten angry and walked away. Some of you have said, I've had enough. Some of you have allowed pride to rise up in your hearts. Some of you have been so angry at this broadcast, you've just turned it off. But today, you happen to turn it back on. You said, I'm going to see what Pastor Ray's saying. I'm saying, repent. Return to your first love. Get right with Jesus. Wait upon him in the desert. Confess your pride. Confess the bitterness of your heart. Get right with Jesus. The branch that does not bear fruit is cut off. It withers. Some of you right now are in the process of withering away. You were called, you were invited into Jesus, but you didn't want to give up that relationship. You didn't want to give up those cigarettes. You held on to that pride. You held on to that entertainment. You held on to things that Jesus called you to let go of. But you clung to them. And now you're cut off from Jesus. The Holy Spirit is not moving. The sap is not flowing. And you're withering. You're dying. And you know you're dying. And you know if you keep going the way you're going now, you will miss heaven. You know that. My brother, my sister. How long? How long will this withering go on in your life until you're utterly dead and cast into the fire of hell? He says, Remain in me or abide in me. Rest in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. See, I can escape the desert. I can go my own way and create my own reality. But even as I'm doing that, I'm withering. And the Holy Spirit is being withdrawn from me. It says, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Oh, you can do something. You can build a great church out of the flesh. As I asked one pastor of a, of a large mega church, I said, is your church a worldly church? Oh, yes, pastor, it is. Why? Because I know that we have to put out the worldly things, the music, the plays, the entertainment. We have to put all of that out as bait to get a few people to How's it working? Well, it's not working very well, to be honest. We have a lot of people, but they're not holy people. Well, how long are you going to continue this charade? Pastor, if I change it, I lose everything. I lose my salary. I lose everything. I'm not going to lose everything. And so he leads his people 
down a dark road with lies and false teaching that you can be a sinning Christian. You don't need holiness. Never mind that the writer of the book of Hebrews says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You're leading a whole church. It's a business. It's a money-making business. It's paying you over $100,000 a year in salary, and you're not going to lose that money in those bennies. But what are you going to do in the end? What are you going to do when you face Jesus? And he says to you, Why did you prostitute my gospel? Why did you lie to your people? Why did you lead your people astray? Why weren't you honest with them? What are you going to say in that day? He says, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now, please, this is so vital. I want you to hear this. When you're willing to go in the prayer closet and fast and pray, when you're willing to weep before Almighty God over the pain of your desert walk, God will move on your behalf and he will rescue you. He will fill you with his presence. He will bring joy into your heart and he will give you a rhema word of direction regarding what you are to do. I shared yesterday, the Lord spoke a rhema word to me straight out of scripture, out of Second Corinthians saying, Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. He's speaking that to me personally. Don't touch grumbling. Don't touch unbelief. They're both unclean, and they cause the children of Israel to die in the desert. He's told me that he will bring revival in America. Is there any price too great for me to pay or you to pay for the Holy Spirit to use us to bring revival in America? But it means touching no unclean thing. It means turning the television off. It's unclean. It means turning the internet videos that are unclean. It means turning them off. It means not looking at unclean things. It means not holding unclean thoughts in my mind or your mind. It means not touching unclean things. And we will then be received by Jesus. You say, but pastor, I can't help these unclean things. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I'm going to show you in the scripture. Turn to the book of Romans. Turn to the book of Romans. Romans. I'm going to begin reading for you verse 19. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, Adam, many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. The law was added so that their trespasses might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness, innocence, 
to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If you are still walking in sin, you have not yet been crucified with Christ. Or you were crucified, and then deliberately, as the Apostle Paul says here in Romans, you went back and rebuild what the Spirit destroyed. Grace is never a cover for sin. Grace is always an enablement to live holy before Almighty God. Have you died to sin? This is what the desert is intended for, that we should die to all sin, that we should stand in belief in Jesus Christ, that we should trust him to bring us through the valley of Baca to cause it to become a place of springs to bring forth a great harvest for the kingdom of God. Have you been baptized into the death of Jesus? Or did you look for a cheap, easy way out? You say you're a Christian? But you're dying in the desert because you have not spent that time. You've not spent that time being crucified with Christ. You've adopted the devil's tools to try to escape your situation, whether it be a job, a marriage, relationships. You've tried to engineer your own escape from your financial loss. You've not waited on the Lord. You've not wept before him. You've not asked him for direction and then waited upon him until that direction came. If we have been united with him like this in his death, certainly also we will be united with him in his resurrection. Now, please, I... I want to say this over and over and over until it sinks deep into your heart. This walk with Jesus Christ is not self-help. It is not the initiation of my heart to step forward and change what's happening so that then I can be a better Christian. The way to be a true Christian is to confess my sin before Almighty God, to turn from it by the power of the grace of Jesus through his shed blood, and then to stand by faith that he will speak to me and he will deliver me, that I am set free, and the timing is in his hands, not in mine or yours. So in the hours of the night, I I review with the Lord the foliage that he has cut from me and the bareness of my life and look forward to another day like today with my wife gone all day as she is working and I'm at home without a car isolated from the early hours of the morning waiting before the Lord reading scripture praying waiting on Jesus until the evening Alexandra will get home about seven tonight as she finishes up what she's doing on the Lord (laughs) I'm waiting on the Lord the Lord said to me many years ago will you receive from my hand only that which I give you I said yes 
Right now he's giving me time to read the word and refresh and rest. He has said, rest in me, Ray. That was the rhema word of God to me. Rest in me, Ray. Yes, Lord, I'll rest in you. I'll recoup my strength and my energy. I'll cry out to you. I'll die. I will not use the devil's weapons to deliver myself. I'm not going to use the witchcraft of positive affirmations. You don't stand in faith by repeating over and over, I am, I am, I am. Walking by faith is saying, Jesus, I'm in you. I trust you. I wait on you. Have your way, Jesus. You see this situation. You see what I'm going through. I rejoice in you. And if someone criticizes me, I turn my cheek and say, go ahead and hit me on the other side. In the flesh, you're absolutely right. I'm being utterly foolish. I'm waiting on Jesus for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, for the fullness of his presence. Do you understand? Oh, Lord, I pray that today's message has has helped a brother or a sister to be patient and to wait upon you, to turn from their demonic ways, from the weapons and the powers and the strategies of the devil, to come and just wait upon you, Jesus. For you will act in time and space and history, you've demonstrated over and over in my life that you will come and you will act and you will deliver financially. You will deliver physically. You will deliver spiritually. I thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. We're coming to the end of the month, and if the Lord moves in your heart, I need help to pay for the radio bill for WAVA. Everything you send will go for that radio bill, and I thank a number of you who've already written this month, and you've helped with the radio bill. Thank you. I need some large offerings and some small offerings. Would you help me? Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I ask... Would you like to come and be a part of the National Prayer Chapel at this house church and wait on God with me? If you would, call me, 703-489-1785. You can also go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online, or you can go to the sermons and messages. You can listen again and grasp the truth of waiting upon Jesus. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I wish I could meet you in person. I'm eager to meet you in person. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.